1: I think you're a heck of a wrestler, you're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy, Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason... Wait a minute, El Dandy has been wrestling in, in in the cruiserweight division here, please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes he's 50 pounds. Who difference. are you to, to, to doubt L Dandy? This guy's a serious professional. So let's talk about some serious How about, a, how about hypnosis? Let's get to Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever, whatever, he's a great wrestler, you know...
2: And welcome to The Rawcast. I'm your host, Don Delorente, And I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Moe to the underscore, Reese. What's going on, Mo? Man, Don
0: DeLaRente. God damn it. What
2: the hell's going
0: on, man? Brother.
2: Hey, man, it's a lot going on in the world of wrestling. Man, there's a lot going on in the world of pro-res, brother. Yeah, man, so we're going to just let everybody know the usuals. We're, you know, the Rawcast, part of the Rostercast Network. You can find us on the web at cspn.us you can also subscribe to the show through itunes soundcloud stitch radio all you have to do is subscribe to the wrestlecast dash the cspn subscribe to that logo with the new day holding the wrestlecast sign to get the raw cast in your podcast queue each and every week all right mr mo to the underscore reese we're going to open it up to you for a log jam of mo melson news this week you know
0: what? I, I I was going
2: through some stuff, and I was like, you know
0: what? I might even cover all this. So I, we'll start with the we'll start with the shit that happened over the weekend. So if you listen to SmackDown Matters, you you heard Dawn you know break this down how he how he found out about it. So I fell asleep at the end of SmackDown. I was tired. I had to work out the morning. Whatever. whatever. So I see. I go with just check to see what's going on Twitter. I look and I'm seeing Dawson Reed. I'm seeing um, some other names too. And I was like, you know, you know, you know things happen. Talk about wrestling. I am like, well, maybe he might have he might have debuted on SmackDown and made an uh, impact. Shit, whatever. Nope. Bronson Reed, Bobby Fish, Leon Ruff, T- Russ, Jake Atlas, Mercedes Martinez, Asha Hale, Giant um, St. Gere, Zachariah Smith, Conan Reeve, Ari Sterling, Desmond Troy, and referee Stefan Smith all were released by the WWE on one Friday evening. And what's wild? Like, I'll say, Bronson Reed was on, he was, there was talks of him getting called up. He was in, he wrestled a main event, um, either June or July, one of those two months. He wrestled, um, who wrestled a main event?
2: Uh, uh somebody. One of them wrestled Shelton, and the other one. Kerry right Cross. Cross. Cros- um, Shelton, and Cary- he wrestled Jeff Hardy.
0: No, he he um. No, he didn't wrestle Jeff Hardy. He wrestled um. Wrestled somebody made a win and he more. And I'm thinking. And I'm thinking. And I'm thinking. Like, okay, maybe he. He got the call-up, but nope. He was the, he was the NXT, NXT North American Champion, although he lost it to um um Swerve, and that's just kind of wild. Like he was part of your, you know, oh, it's like one of the big storylines. Now he's out of the company. Bobby Fish. Just came back, knocked off for injury. Had started something up with Roger Strong because, you know, the uh, Undisputed Era is no more. And the last match we saw with him, he took, a, he took a loss to, um, he took a loss to, um, Roger Strong. Mm-hmm. Um, was rather strong came back as a debut in Diamond Mine. Looks like they doubted him because Tyler Rust gone from the company.
2: Um, That sucks for him because it seems like he could never get his footing.
0: Nope, could not. Leon Ruff was one of the breakout stories of um on NXT.
2: Beat um was it Santos? No, it wasn't Santos. It was um you beat Johnny. Who did? did Leon beat Johnny Gargano for the um NXT title? Yeah, yeah they did the, the spin yeah. wheel, the wheel spin the yeah. wheel deal, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If I if I go get his wheels there, <laughs> um, yeah. So he he beat Gargano, and that was he was like the story. He was like just that story, and now he's gone. Um, Jake Atlas, he came from over celebrity um, celebrity undercover boss, and he made a impression of the Helmsley and he was signed and this is this is like his fifth year of wrestling. Mm. Gone from the company. Mercedes Martinez. Kicked in the head by Thick Dye Lee. us see, you know, me see after she took that kick and dropped to the and dropped down got how you want to. We hear from her no more. Well, Off the company now. Um, I think we. I think was Leon. I think Leon Ruff was wrestling. Actually, had, well, here's the crazy thing about Leon Ruff. He had promoted hours before 205 Live that he was back in action. And we ain't seen him because as because as a, on um, on SmackDown Matters, he ushered in Hit Row, the Hit Row era. He, he helped ushered them in. And now he's gone from the company. Um Giant Zane I think he was with um he was supposed to have been he remember when um when um Malcolm Davis had um the other guy who was with um I think one of the other guys who was with NXT with um Stallion? Oh no! He was one of the he one of the guys with Jinder Mahal.
2: Oh oh oh! When he had he one the um, face, I one with the face paint. Yeah, when he, had, yeah when he had Indusheer.
0: Yeah, he was he was he was on the other. He was the um, giant Zane Deer was the other half of Indusheer.
2: Gotcha.
0: Zachariah Smith, I don't know too much about him. Cola Reeves. He been there for a minute. The he was finest.
2: injured. He, the finest, Kona Reeves. He was injured. He, um, I remember he has a,
0: a thing with, um, EC3. I thought him and EC3 would have a, a hell of a, um, a hell of a, uh, story, but they moved EC3 up to the roster main roster quick. All right, Sterling. I think he was, or when was he wrestling Leon Ruff? one of the guys he was wrestling both of them Leon Ruff and the other guy he was wrestling he was gone from um NXT. Um that's don't know too much about him and Stefan Stephen Stefan Smith. He was one of the black refs. Not the one that we normally the one we
2: see, but he was one of the less than one show. Mm. So this wasn't Teddy Long Jr. Nah. Okay. But he um yeah, it was like right in the middle of SmackDown, apparently. That's what those... The same SmackDown where it was reported that Adam Cole was negotiating with Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you see all these people from NXT getting released. It just makes me wonder what the deal was they struck and how big it was that 10 or 12 people from NXT had to leave so they could find the money to secure it.
0: In Monopoly, sometimes you had to pawn, you know, um, properties.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, man, it's definitely. uh, And then, of course, um, after that, the releases. Then you hear that they're trying to reshape NXT into. more back into a developmental and... Well, like FCW, white like FCW was. Yeah, and Vince, when Vince came down to the Performance Center, you know, he was down there scouting or checking out, looking at people and just seeing the what the roster looked like. And he apparently, allegedly laid down an edict about, you know, people being over 30 and height and weight and stuff like this. So, uh, you know, no, doesn't look like they're going to be going out and scouting and getting the very best of the season indie talent that hadn't been scooped up by either company yet. Looks like they're going to try to go back to just straight up, you know, young people who may have had one or two years of experience kind of like a Sasha Banks when she got into NXT where they're fresh haven't been on TV and they can remold them but not make them too good though and then send them to the main roster so the main roster can give them their mm-hmm. final season okay. she clearly started FCW, she was sitting in the crowd for
0: FCW mm-hmm. so, uh, Sasha was sitting in the crowd for FCW so, and the- Sasha yeah.
2: Banks and a person like Candice LeRae are two different Animals, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I know. I know. yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Vince is trying to go back to getting more of the Sasha Banks's of the world when they had her there than the Candace Larrays. That's what he's trying to do on men's and women's side, I guess. Yep. Um, so
0: the acclaim was pulled from AEW Dot. Max Caster out here rapping about things you should
1: be rapping
2: about. Man, uh, my man Anthony Bowens, man, dang, he got injured for like half of last year, so Max Caster came out here doing Max Caster things. Then he came back, and then Anthony Bowens was like Max Caster's manager for like a month or so. Then they finally have a few matches, and now here we go with Matt Caster out here running loose at the lip, and now they got my man suspending ain't do nothing
0: Mm -hmm.
2: but yeah you can't be making jokes about what he made jokes about on a national broadcast in this day and age that went out across the internet dude Mm -hmm. it'd be different if it was on tv it might have like went and got past and everybody's like did y'all hear that and it went by so fast that nobody felt the need to rewind it on their DVR or anything and capture it but dude you did this on the internet where people are always out here searching for missteps and mistakes
0: right
2: mm. yeah he uh, basically referenced uh, rape in one of his raps that he does and that is a no no folks he referenced one of the young, the young ladies who was David, um, who
0: was inside. I think who was, to be the other person. Who was
2: So, hey, man, he might be Monday done. Night. Raw's not on. Why are you yawning like that? Hey Amen.
0: <laughs> trying to get through this. Um, Ray Wyatt was deemed healthy days before he was cut. Take that, he posted a cryptic, um, that said you can't kill you, you can't can't kill what's already there or hard to kill something like that. Something about he posted
2: something and, he had a new mask too. A new, a new, yeah, exactly. a new mask anyway. Um
0: Bobby Lashley's will be the next guest on the Broken Skull podcast.
2: I don't know how interesting Bobby Lashley will be, but Stomach will bring out the whatever he's got he's a great interviewer in that way right
0: um uh Kurt Angle's gonna need neck fusion surgery
2: again so. mm-hmm mm. that man ain't gonna be able to turn his head not near inch to the left or right yep. so I mean next week he was looking bad though. Towards the end of Raw, he was like hunched over, and yeah, he didn't look that good when he was at the end of that GM run. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I got. Well, we have to back up to earlier in last week and send the RP oh. oh, to. Oh yeah, yeah. Wait, wait.
0: Okay, uh, how could I forget this? RP to Bobby Eaton
2: <laughs> and Jody Hamilton, the Hangman to him but you don't know he's a lesser die from the old school territories NWA he used to run the power oh, stuff too but yeah Bobby Eaton, for sure man that's a tough one because uh like I told my little brother um, I, I text him uh when I saw he had died and I was like man you remember when uh, I used to do the rocket launcher with you off the uh off the dresser like he' stand on the dresser and I'd come by and Throw him off onto the bed. And yeah. Blast the <laughs> yeah, man. That was straight out the Midnight Express Bobby Eaton playbook, man. And he gets you in Alabama down. The, one, the, that was it. The Midnight Express were the first, like, now everybody liked the Road Warriors, but I saw the Midnight Express like two weeks before I saw the Road Warriors. And they were like, <laughs>
0: wow.
2: the road warriors, But I was a big Midnight Express. And they were my favorite tag team for about six months. And then the Rock and Roll Express came in. And, yeah. and then I was like, oh. But I always, always. Still kept oh, I, still, doing- I, still, I still stuck with Meg and Jim Cornette, even when they were even, even heels but I always still kept that soft spot for the Midnight Express because they always had just the best tag team maneuvers. I mean, they were heels but they wrestled like babyfaces. They Mm -hmm. had a bunch of Mm -hmm. babyface moves and Cool tag team maneuvers and stuff that they would break out, and uh, Bobby Eaton was just so good. Everybody talks about how good of a wrestler he was, how smooth he was, how polished he was, how nice he was, how nice he was. Yeah, so um, I'm looking forward to hearing Arn Anderson's podcast this weekend because him and Arn Anderson were like neighbors uh, for like most of their adult lives, and so I'm pretty sure that Arn Anderson's gonna have a lot of good stories to tell. Uh, Jim Cornette had a bunch of good stories. They told after he got through the the, the tears and the the. Sad- oh, he! Oh, he! Was, he! 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 came through and was like, you know what? He says, "I'm not
0: talking about. I'm not. He said we're going to a different pro- format this week. I'm not talking about the normal bullshit we're talking about. He i 'I'm. He i I'm, 'I'm talking about the life about eating. And he in the early part he was he. You could tell he was crying. And he was trying to keep it together. And good day Brian um Brian Lass was there to, to help him out and everything. But um you know, I, I went back and watched that um it was the um the Midnight Express and he was um and he was cut and it was and he was, um, he was the side and um on until he was down there and that took tissue to cut with the knife. And um, they was pushing, I think it was Tully was pushing, Tully was uh, um, pushing um, Bobby Eaton, and Bobby Eaton was like, you, me again, you touched me again, I'm going to knock you out. And Jim Cornette, they were saying, "We want some of the big paydays, too. And they were trying to, they won the United States Tag Team Championships. And he was like, yeah, you to go for the big payday. You can stay where you at. He <laughs> saw them coming. They saw the Midnight Express coming was like, no, I need to
2: stay where y'all at. Enjoy the enjoy the titles that y'all got. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um then, you know, he broke off once the Midnight Express, Jim Cornette, Stan Lane. They both left, left Bobby by himself, and he kind of transitioned into uh, you know, the Dangerous Alliance, and then he was with oh, William Regal and and uh, oh, he, he stuck with the company from 1985 to 2000. Yeah, that's pretty good, man, for a guy who wasn't a great promo, but was just a really good, solid wrestler. Really good, solid wrestler. So, yeah, definitely going to be Bobby. If you watch NWA, um, WC, WCW,
0: you know in the early in the late 80s early 90s or the 80s and 90s you definitely knew about even was and you
2: knew what they were about yeah man had a good run as television champion um multiple time tag team champion uh with the midnight express and his uh you know earlier days like I said a part of the, probably the second greatest faction in the history of wrestling the dangerous alliance even though yeah. people don't give us it, his props we don't uh, Davis. Yeah, that collection is just ridiculous, man. I mean, the talent. Yeah, Zabisco, Arn Anderson, Rick Rude, Bobby Eaton, Stone Cold, and Medusa just thrown in there as uh, what the hell. Yeah, this is the way This is Stone Cold was was he
0: was he standing yet? Yeah, yet?
2: Yeah, he was standing. Steve then and this one also Austin used to wear robes to the ring. Yep, yep.
0: He wore robes. This wasn't the the bald um um guy wearing the jean shorts with the knee brakes on stunning everybody. No. This guy was wearing robes to the ring. Was, was the tag team. I'm with um Bobby um
2: uh, Brian Pillman the Hollywood blog. Yeah, he that's the little that's- cam- that's yeah. when he stopped wearing the robe, was when they got, when they became the tag. Yeah. That's when he stopped wearing the robe. But when he was a straight-up singles guy, and he was a TV champ, yeah, he used to wear the robe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He used to wear the damn biker shorts. hmm <laughs> But if you ever want to watch some good-ass matches, just some good-ass wrestling matches. Roll well, uh, YouTube and uh, pull me. Watch Dustin Rhodes versus Steve Austin Steve. and watch Ricky Steamboat yeah. versus Steve Austin for the TV titles, man. Yes. This is some good-ass wrestling matches, boy. Because Stone Cold was young, and he could go, and he could bump, and he could feed, and he could fly, and he could, man, he'd take them backdrops And, man, he could, man, a whole different guy than what he became the, great, the biggest star in the world as. Right, uh, you see, you just look at Austin the way he came,
0: from, where he went, and you can think probably thinking, what the hell? How did WCW let them let that man go?
2: Yeah, All the- well, the, well, what happened was uh, the thing that happened was they got Hogan, and they had to make move, they had to make room for Hogan on the pay scale, and so Steve Austin was hurt, and he was always kind of just a mid card guy, and they didn't see him. Elevating past that, so it's like okay, he's expendable.
0: And you never, and you, and you always remember that the, the classic ECW promos he cut lost it. That's what you got it wrong, brother. <laughs> no,
2: yeah, he was angry, man. And Paul was like, He was like, Paul Lee, I'm hurt, I can't wrestle, but can you You can talk? Can't you? Well, hell yeah, I got plenty <laughs> to say. Well, come on, let's do it, brother. Uh, yeah, the rest was, yeah, the rest was that. But see, that goes to show you, man. The talking—we're oh, about to get into this. I know. The talking gets you far more places than the wrestling ever can, ever can. But we have a company that forgot about that, and they have this three-hour show called Monday Night Raw that we are. Whew, it's becoming a chore to get through these shows on Mondays, boy. They are, they, the draft cannot come fast enough to shake this thing up. But uh, somebody comes out, returning to work after taking uh, some PTO. It's Randy Orton. Uh, he's got a look like Chavo Guerrero or Dexter Lumis, where he's got like a little mustache and goatee growing now. Uh, everybody's popping. The fans are very excited to see him. Randy grabs the mic, but here comes a riddle to cut him off. Riddle is really happy that Orton is back because now they can be a tag team again. Riddle wants to know where Orton has been because his stepdad left like that too, and he never came back home. Orton says, why Riddle thinks Orton wants to be why would Riddle why would uh Orton says, why would he want to be in a tag team with someone as goofy as Matt Riddle? Talks about how ridiculous Riddle is uh prompting riddle to ask if that means Orton or not want to be in a team with him that's where almost and aj come out with aj talking about how orton is a snake and of course he's done with the team aj keeps going on until orton cuts him off saying the only thing bigger than aj's ego is this jackass right here next to him meaning almost <laughs> the challenge is thrown out for tonight and orton uppercuts aj the rko to almost is swatted away and riddle's attempt doesn't go much better a choke slam leaves Riddle laying, and Orton walks away with a Riddle staggering behind him. Well,
0: that was hilarious. So the thing about this story, I'm, 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 I'm interested because we just see how Riddle was trying to was with the, I won't say affections, but he's trying to win over Randy, and Randy's like not here for it, and he's like. He said the thing about my stepfather leaving, I was like, damn,
1: bruh.
0: Cowboy <laughs> I mean, didn't leave Randy, but unless he had to go do some dates or whatnot, but <laughs> um, Yeah, that's crazy. So this story got me it got me intrigued and I hate to say that because um you know, because he he you know, some bullshit sometimes, so
2: if it is. We look back at Drew McIntyre wreaking havoc with his sword last week. Baron Corbin is here via the brand-to-brand Brand invitational. He's still down on his luck and is basically homeless. Oh, excuse me, as Pat McAfee labeled him, bum-ass Baron Corbin. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jinder Mahal called him with an offer for money if he can take out Drew McIntyre yeah McIntyre could cut his head off with the sword but it's risk versus reward Uh, I don't think you got a chance to say this on the last episode so now I'll open it up so you can give your Baron Corbin appreciation uh, segment here
0: oh yeah so I wanted to say that Baron Corbin is the most versatile performer in WWE today might hate him to just feel downright sorry for him. Um, he's, he, he likes, he, he, he can play. Like they say, hey, we want you want to go in this direction? He's like, all right, I'm going to take the ball around with thing. And he was like the douche, the club owner jacket, the club owner to the you know, get up he had, That he became king, and now he's this. So he's showing sure that he can, he can play any role that you give to him. you know, he's, he's the other story that really has me intrigued for in, um, the WWE.
2: Drew McIntyre is ready to beat up Corbin tonight because he once saw Corbin take a man's money and his dog. So we have Baron Corbin versus Drew McIntyre. McIntyre snaps off the belly to belly into the net breaker. But McIntyre grabs the mic. McIntyre says he feels sorry for Corbin and wants to do something nice for him. How much would it cost to get him a meal, a bed, and a shower for a few days? Corbin says 100000 which McIntyre says is reasonable. How about 200000 or 300000 Well, that turns into the Claymore countdown and McIntyre kicks Baron Corbin in the head and pins him and gets the win. So no money for Baron Uh, after the after the match Jinder Mahal and his boys they come down to confront McIntyre but he grabs the sword and he holds them off Uh, this Highlander cosplay is really over the top Mm -hmm. Riddle comes up to Orton and says if they can't be a team can they at least be friends Orton can't mean that. Of course he does. And don't call him bro. Carrying Cross versus Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy hits the leg drop between the legs. Hardy follows up with a middle rope splash for two. Hardy's roll up with the trunks gets another two count. Carrying Cross then pulls Jeff Hardy into the Doomsday Saito Suplex, and then the Cross Jacket Chokehold makes Jeff Hardy tap out. Looks like Karrion Kross got his revenge. 50 50 booking at its finest. It is, but Karrion Kross got
0: his win. Guys.
2: This would have been the deal. Karrion Cross comes up, loses to Jeff, Jeff Hardy. Excuse me. Karrion Cross comes back the next week instead of wrestling Keith Lee and beating Keith Lee and pushing Keith Lee down. Karen Cross beats up some random job or whatever from the performance center, whoever's in the back on a call-up, right? He does that for two or three weeks in a row, cuts a couple of promos, and then Jeff Hardy, then he comes and watches a Jeff Hardy match, causes Jeff Hardy to lose... By, you know, interference or whatever. And then he gets uh, that gives Jeff Hardy a reason to want to wrestle him again. And then Karrion Cross, after he's won three or four matches in a row on TV, beats Jeff Hardy. And now you might be off and running with the dude. But the way that they're booking it, if you're going to do 50 50 booking, don't you need to have some, like, Layers in between it. You can't just go from, hey, Karrion Cross versus Keith Lee. Keith Lee wins. Hey, Karrion Cross versus Keith Lee again the next week. Karrion Cross wins. That's not really accomplishing anything. Uh, we recap Alexa Bliss tormenting Eva Marie. We get a long video package on RK Bro. Then Riddle is depressed, but he says he's a stallion, so he'll get through it. Then we have Alexa Bliss versus Piper Niven. Even Marie's distraction lets Piper Niven jump Alexa Bliss from behind and they head inside the ring. Uh, Piper Niven runs Alexa Bliss over, but we get a close-up of Lily who winks at Piper Niven. That's enough of a distraction to allow Alexa Bliss to grab a roll up and pin Piper Niven. Uh, there were audible we want Bray chants we want Wyatt we want Wyatt during the beginning of this match so the fans are clearly displeased with the way that this Alexa Bliss uh, gimmick is going at the current moment but we'll see if there'll be any changes to that I don't know anytime soon uh, Sheamus doesn't want Miz and Morrison to screw up and it's a stare down over the dripstick. So it's a Ricochet versus Sheamus. Ricochet heads to the apron for the springboard clothesline into a heck of a line, salt for a two count. For some reason, Ricochet tries the middle rope headbutt but crashes into the face mask of uh, Sheamus to protect his nose and knocks himself silly. The bro kick follows that up and a Ricochet is done. We'll see. I saw that he, he, he um,
0: crashed
2: through the mask. I saw that. But over there, oh, this is where the uh, the lullaby started. Yep. Uh, after the match, here's Damian Priest to get in Sheamus's face. Sheamus backs off, and his attempt at a cheap shot gets him sent to the floor. So Miz and John Morrison come out and it's a shared stare down in the aisle with Amos, or Sheamus, excuse me. So then it's Damian Priest versus John Morrison. The broken arrow is countered and it's a movie martial arts style scene and so they both hit kicks to the head for a double knockdown. Morrison sends Priest outside for a corkscrew crossbody and then they head back inside. Priest gets in a kick to the head and after no-selling the dripstick, he hits the wrecking neck and gets the pin over John Morrison. After the match, Damian Priest goes after Morrison and sprays him with some of the drip sticks. Then Priest turns to Miz, who pops to his feet out of the wheelchair and runs off. Now Priest has something <laughs> to say to who comes out to say Priest needs to say this to his face. Priest issues the challenge for the title of SummerSlam, and Sheamus says it's on. Morrison tries to run in and gets kicked in the face, pre saying that that's what's coming to Sheamus at SummerSlam. <laughs> uh, the, Miz, the Miz popping up out of that wheelchair and running right to the back might have been the most entertaining thing on this whole entire show. Oh, shit. It was hilarious. Good stuff. Mansoor gets Mustafa Ali a special jacket to make up for last week's loss. Ali likes it but says he would rather have more Mansoor learn. That's what he needs to do tonight watch and learn. So, Mustafa Ali versus T Bar. The dive by Ali is pulled out of the air, setting up a heck of a toss into the barricade. Back in, a backbreaker gets two count, but Ali's foot is on the ropes. The choke slam is counter and Ali hits the tornado DDT only to get uh his legs knocked out from under him while he's on the top. Then T Bar hits Feast Your Eyes and he pins Mustafa Ali. What? Yep, Dijakovic. Got him another win. Are you serious? Yep. Hey, what's up. Well, they got to continue to build up the Mustafali and Mansour relationship, man. Thank you. Uh, Reggie is doing a photo shoot when Akira Tazawa and R-Truth in costumes come after him. Reggie parkours his way to freedom and escapes. Parkour. AJ Styles doesn't care that Randy Orton is back because he is a champion who deserves respect. Orton made a colossal mistake, so tonight they need to break Randy just like they broke Riddle's scooter. MVP Bobby Lashley are in the ring for a promo. MVP recaps last week with Goldberg defending his son from him, which was a huge mistake. If Goldberg has to defend his son, maybe his son shouldn't be here. After SummerSlam, Goldberg will have all the time in the world to be with his son because Bobby Lashley is taking him out. Lashley says that at SummerSlam, Goldberg isn't next; he's done. He's done. Thoughts on the promo, sir? No thoughts to the promo. Oh, that's right. This, were you in Siesta Land during this time? Yes. Yeah, it Guess was. I a, was. It wasn't that strong of a promo. There left a lot to be desired. Uh, we recap Nikki Ash with her win over Charlotte last week. Rhea Ripley is ready for Nikki tonight and to get the title back at SummerSlam. Nikki knows she might lose, but she is ready to believe in herself. She's going to retain her title at SummerSlam, even if her dream might turn into a nightmare. So, Nikki Ash versus Rhea Ripley. A flapjack is countered into a DDT, and the both of them are down. Nikki rolls her up for a two count and counters the Riptide into a crossbody for two. Ripley catches her on the side, but the superplex is broken up, only to have Charlotte come in and shove Nikki down, and that, my friends, is the disqualification. After the match, Charlotte takes out Ripley with the natural selection. Charlotte then holds up the title because she is smarter and better than everyone else. Obviously, we we'll see. Uh Nikki and Rhea were actually pretty they were getting it into like that next year when Charlotte came out, so she cost us a pretty decent match. We get an Elias video showing flashbacks to his battles with, Jack, with Jackson Riker. Then he burns his guitar and says WWE once stood for Walk with Elias, but Elias is dead. So man one time for Elias and Kevin Owens in Seattle. That wow. segment where he was like, "I don't know why they would ever put a team in Seattle. I just don't get it." Now Oklahoma yeah. City. <laughs> yeah, you want some hill heat?
0: You want you talking about hill heat? They booed that man right out the building
2: if it was if this was WCW they would have threw stuff but WWE has always maintained its uh its, its uh above the fray um kind of mm-hmm. outlook so they don't throw stuff there's only been two times where i ever felt like dad this crowd could actually throw something the night roman after wrestlemania when roman beat the undertaker he stood in the ring and they booed him for like 8 straight minutes and you want him to say this is my yard game yeah and that's all he said, and then like walked out. After they booed him for like eight minutes, I really thought that I was like, man, all it's gonna take is for one person to throw something, and it is on. And then that, what I just brought up with uh, the tension with um, Elias and the uh, crowd that night in Seattle. Mm-hmm. That promo. Uh, Charlotte laughs at people who thinks that she is done and promises to win the title back at SummerSlam. Then it's main event time as Randy Orton takes on AJ Styles. The hanging DDT plants AJ, but almost offers a distraction to break up the RKO. Riddle comes down to post and uh run uh, almost to the post and try to choke him, but then almost turns it around and drives Riddle into the post. As we go to commercial break. The, four, the phenomenal forearm is countered into the RKO to give Randy Orton the pin. Uh, if they would have did this cleanly, it would have been the second best finish ever on Monday Night Raw behind Shelton Benjamin, Springborton, Borton, and to the Sweet Chin music. Uh, after the match, Randy Orton yells at Riddle for coming out here to help him, but Riddle wants a hug. Orton tries to leave, but eventually gives in to the hug. The fans love it, and they pose until... The RKO lays out Matt Riddle, and that is our lasting image from this week's Monday Night Raw. Mm. Uh, Mama Del <laughs> was low that Riddle would come out unscathed, but uh, yeah, she she knew in her heart that Randy Orton was going to do it. She, everybody was thinking like, is he going
0: to um, do it? Well, you know, Randy. We leave no RKO unturned.
2: (laughs) Man, we were talking about this in the uh, Twitter Spaces. Man, they need to totally reformat Monday Night Raw. Like like the whole way that they do this program and what they emphasize and how they try to get the people over and the matches that they have. Everything about this show needs to be overhauled completely. Because this is un, this is from week to week. There's nobody on this show that I tune in and sit down on Monday night and go, "Ooh, I can't wait for so and so to come out." Mm -hmm. They they just don't have it on this show. And until they do get it, then they need to put more emphasis on trying to build somebody. And the only way you can really do that. It's not by by winning a bunch of matches in a row, but also having people come out and talk and be confident and be themselves and let their personality show enough where people can care and get invested. There's only two ways to get a wrestling fan invested. Have somebody win a whole lot, Mm -hmm. like a whole, whole lot, or Mm -hmm. have somebody come on the mic and talk really good and talk really spicy, talk a lot of trash, spit a lot of truth, in their in their promo then those are the two ways that you can get people buzzing but if you don't do one of those or both of those things accordingly then you're going to be where you are with monday night raw where john cena is like hey they got to build up some stars because you know we can't meaning you know the legends can't keep coming back and wrestling these matches to help get the product over or reach these numbers that Vince wants to meet for certain metrics. They're going to have to try to, you know, grow their own stars and and get their in-house guys up to par to what the legends have been because, you know, they're getting older and there's less you can do with them.
0: Here's the thing. they talk talking about they don't want nobody old. I'm like, look how the average age of a person that's getting the championship is in their 30s. You know, a lot of these stars, so many people, they were talking about established stars and everything, talking about this in the Twitter spaces. Now, look at people who came, who already was established on the Indies. Seth Rollins was definitely wrestler for years. He was the ROH champ and signed to a developmental deal back in through 2000. He was wrestling on FCW, I believe. You
2: mm-hmm.
0: had them FCW matches for the um for the like the ring or the championship and things like that. So him, um, Dean Ambrose, you know, like like you know, some guys got over naturally. Like Biggie, he was um a weightlifter, but he played football. And he did weightlifting and he got him in the wrestle. They were there. Yo, he had Paul SmackDown,
2: yeah,
0: Paul Smackdown was. with that briefcase. And Paul Heyman was looking at that briefcase and would had them eyes as big as shit. He was like, Because <laughs> yeah. he know be, the damage? because he know the damage that because with the whole long-term storytelling?" Like, if he was SmackDown matters, you said,
2: "Um, this wasn't built on the wrestling. This is built on talking smack." Right, right. Yeah, if, you, if you've been keeping up with Talking Smack, if you watched the clips with Big E and Paul interacting, um, this has been kind of a running theme with Paul kind of trying to, like, tell Big E, hey, it's a different game you're about to get involved with now. You don't have your friends to watch back. You got to tighten them when he won the championship. He was like, hey, now you're in a totally different part of the jungle now because – You know what I'm saying? You got something that people want, and they're going to be coming after you from all types of directions and stuff. Then Big E was like, well, look here, man. You've been giving me all this advice and stuff all this time. Well, let me tell you something. It's like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not satisfied with this title. This is just the beginning title. There's a bigger title that I want, and your man got it. And I'm putting you you and him on notice right now, and I'm coming for that. And then he lost the ICP or whatever, and then he got the money in the bank, and so now it sets that up perfectly. And Hayden was just looking like, "Some words come back to haunt him." Mm-hmm. Remember, he was trying to recruit him a little bit too. He was like, mm-hmm. "You know, you know, we we got some. You know, if you need some advice." But that's when Apollo Cruz slid in, and Apollo Cruz was the one. In the okay, yeah, and not Roman. Which hasn't really helped Apollo Cruz actually, in the long run. But it was at least, I'm glad that he at least went in for the mentoring. Could have helped out Ricochet. His career could have been much farther along if he would have joined the Hurt Business. Because hey. I think Ricochet and Cedric in the Hurt Business as the tag team over Shelton and Cedric would have been more fire. Mhm. More fire. Do you think Ricochet is going to get released on the next call-ups, man? Cuz he's he you know, he's he he can do some amazing things, but they're never going to let I, him do those amazing things. They're not but I doubt it. Okay. I, I doubt I doubt
0: Release him. Even though fans fans were clamoring for him to go to AEW, mm. but I would just, you know, do what you gotta do to get get to the higher levels.
2: Yeah, it's all about reaching the top, man. And and whatever you do, your profession, your your schoolwork, whatever, and you know. Sometimes you might have to take a shortcut or two to get there as long as you can, uh, you know, you're good with that in your conscious and you don't hurt nobody in the process. Like, I guess it's okay, And that's kind of always been the case in wrestling. You know, take a shortcut, get where you need to be and uh, deal with the consequences and the fallout later. And so, you know, that's how basically everybody used to operate in the 90s. You know, I'm looking out for number one. And if you got a problem with it, we can either wrestle in the ring or we can wrestle in this locker room. We can take it to the dangerous place in the world, the parking lot. Yeah, the NXT parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> so man, anything else that you'd like to add to this show about, you know, the things that you saw that you like to see different or some, some some Nope, I already said I already said my, my they don't make it won't make
0: changes for the better. My days of watching counting, I'm in, or, or doing it and so. Oh, but, man, um, I'm going to have to reach
2: out to it for a new co-host. So get in line, folks. Maybe need some applications for a new co-host for this show. Um, I'll say
0: this. Watch Main Event this week. Watch Main
2: Event this week. Man, you watch main event this better week. off lighting 100, setting a $100 bill on fire than getting <laughs> me to watch Main Event, dude. <laughs> more it this week shoot me a link or show me a highlight package so I can get <laughs> <version>. <laughs> no, it's right. no. I-, I can't do it man but I mean it, main event probably has the format that I would like though with jobbers and people getting lots and lots of wins each and every week but yeah no put it on USA and we got some at this point, I'm gonna turn it over to you, sir, for your shout outs and thank yous. Shout out to
0: you Don up with this show for another week. Shout out to Sydney and Gade and um oh yeah. So um I'm not gonna um take a jab at um Jay you know, I'm not gonna take a jab at them best because you know if this is your match, you'll hear how I'm not happy with Lamar and his decisions right now. So pay a little extra get there, but um I'm not gonna take a jab at Jay because she's right. <laughs> so I, I mean you right. Um shout out to Ann Wall and Terry Board. Sorry, boy, shout um, out Khaled Wren, um, shout out to Zette, Juba Julep, um, our Twitter mm-hmm. Spaces crew. I can't think of their names right now, but they mean that with us. Um uh, we had a good time tonight watching NX talking and you know everything else. So good
2: uh, the, the, the twitter spaces are a weird dynamic it's like monday night raw it's like oh we get people just kind of passing through just kind of being like how bad is it going to be i think people come in for like the car wreck of it all tuesdays which is a much better show but it's i don't know people just aren't watching nxt like that in our spaces wednesday is just like Three everybody up. No, Wednesday is just three people. You, me, and Kyle. Oh, three rim. people. Yeah. Th- nobody's. A boy. And then some of those days it's just me and Kyle at rim. We're just hanging out talking to each other uh, right. for, for AEW. So AEW's got some work to do. But Friday is like the club because everybody wants to come out and talk about SmackDown. Right. Everybody want, do the ladies
0: come to see Roman. Ladies come to see what, what, what they're
2: going what going to do tonight? Yep. And then, you know, we got our binky quotient with Sasha Bat. We still ain't seen Naomi on SmackDown yet. We still waiting oh, for Yim. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on on SmackDown that's just got everybody's interest on extra high. Yep. Yeah. Let's take a
0: my shout out. Oh, shout out to anybody else who's in the, you know, some Shout out to you guys. You guys are awesome. Uh, Football is in the preseason. One more thing. Um, We got an announcement to make for those of of you that play the football of the fantasy.
2: Yes, we're going to try to create a WrestleCast Fantasy Football League over on the ESPN app. So if you follow the WrestleCast app, uh, there's two links. Discard the one about hockey. It got me. The app is weird, but uh, there's a second link where we do have, uh, we need, uh, I think 10 or 11 teams. I think we did a 10 team league and maybe I did a 12. I don't I have to go back and look at it. But anyway, we're taking teams to fill up this league so we can have our draft, which was going to take place on August 28th, which is the Sunday after uh, SummerSlam and take over weekend that next weekend we're going to have the draft it's going to start at 7 p.m. and the only caveat I have is that because this is the Mm -hmm. fantasy football league all the team names must be tag teams or faction names yep so like I said if you go like right now Mo if you look at the WrestleCast Twitter account it should be the very first tweet you see underneath our profile Should be the WrestleCast Fantasy Football League. Uh, So hit the link, join, and once we get all the teams in, then everybody can make their names and uh, we can get the draft established and everything like that. But if we don't get the number of people needed for the league, then we can't start it. So hopefully it fills up fast and uh, everybody has a good time coming up with the names of their teams and, um, you know, who's finishing second. (laughs) <laughs> Pull my Larry Bird, uh, 1986 three-point contest. Um, thank you to Mo to underscore Reese for joining me once again for watching Monday Night Raw each and every week with me reviewing this show. Definitely has gotten the short end of the wrestling review stick uh, over the last uh, you know six eight months or so. But he's he they haven't broken him yet, but they're on the verge of doing it. So hopefully they can. Pull the nose up and keep him, keep him interested. But I don't know. He he looks like he's about to snap cockle, and pop on me. Uh, thank you to uh, Miss Simi and Miss J T Max, Miss Didi Jonay, Anwar, Terry's boy. Thank you to the guys over at the uh, Comic Book Chronicles, uh, Tim Dog, Roddy Cat. Um. Age of 70, all those guys who uh put out that content for the Comic Book Chronicles man on the CSPN. We greatly appreciate them. Thank you to all the patrons who uh patronize our Patreon page. Say that three times fast. Uh, over at patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. We greatly appreciate you guys supporting the podcast in that way, uh, helping keep the subscription services up and running so we can uh provide the content watch the content and uh you know review it for you each and every week uh this saturday night use the hashtag cast a strong style for those of you who are into that new japan pro wrestling because resurgence is going to be taking place this saturday night live from dallas texas um lance archer is going to be facing tanahashi we got ishii versus moose um I got the whole card here somewhere. Let me look it up. But, yeah, so that's going to be New Japan coming to America this Saturday night. So, cast a strong style. Uh, uh, Hashtag will be up and running and going. Twitter space probably as well for those of you who are into watching New Japan. It's supposed to be a rainy night here in North Carolina, so it'll be a perfect day to sit at home and watch some New Japan. Um, We're coming up on SummerSlam and TakeOver weekend, so those hashtags will be firing up all give uh you know send those out so everybody can get ready for those in a couple of weeks uh, shout out to all the members of the glow and all the WrestleBays bays and like uh mo said everybody who's been joining us in the twitter spaces for the last couple of months we definitely appreciate it uh keep providing the content and sharing your commentary with color we definitely like having the conversations and their interactions definitely a lot of fun so for my co-host mr mo to the underscore reese I'm your host, Don DeLaRente, and this has been The RawCast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo.
1: Charlotte, could you shed some light of why you would attack Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley? Let me spell it out for you. As I watch those two tear each other apart, I created a strategic opportunity to rub wounds. Now, I don't need to be pinned in order to lose the triple threat match at SummerSlam. And yes, while I want to reclaim my Raw Women's Championship, I'm not taking any chances. And if Rhea and Nikki were on my level, they would have anticipated my attack. Anyone knows who's been at the top, stayed on top that you're always a target. Hell, last week I showed a little bit of empathy, dare I say vulnerability, and all of a sudden I'm the target for everybody's criticism? I mean, one loss, and that erases every single victory I've ever had? Let me tell you something, I am the most decorated woman in the history of WWE. Now everyone can keep praying. Fall and keep stealing the opportunities, opportunities that I have created, that I have earned, but nothing is stopping me from walking out of SummerSlam the Raw Women's Champion.